This is episode 23 with Amanda McGrew. Welcome to The Athletic Mindset. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer turned personal trainer and coach. Each week, it is my goal to bring you a unique story of an elite athlete's mindset to help you unlock and discover your life's potential. Today, I had the chance to sit down with former Division I women's basketball player and now founder of Playoff Dating App, an app focused on helping the human connection between current and former athletes. Amanda runs her startup app all while coaching and teaching out in California. She shares a great bit about time management, what lessons she learned through a not-so-typical recruiting process, and is the perfect example of someone who's taking action on her dreams. So please, welcome on Amanda. Hey Corey, how are you? Good Amanda, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Awesome. So getting right into it then, I guess, when did you kind of be in, or I guess, when were you introduced to basketball um, as a kid? Um, I was introduced to basketball really young. I'm one of four kids, um, and me and my siblings are all two years apart, really close together. Um, And there was two boys and two girls, and it was always just kind of like competitive spirit in our our family. Um, Both my parents were athletes. and they were really excited about having us join sports as young as we could. Um, so once my sister got started, I, it was like the first thing I wanted to do. I was like, let me, and, and to be honest, it wasn't even just basketball. It was softball and soccer and baseball and flag football and, you know, whatever was the sport of that season. It was like, yep, how do I sign up? How do I get started? Like, let's get it going. Um, and then basketball kind of got a little more serious for me as I got into, I think it was like upper elementary school as I started, like, Okay. Was that kind of right around that age where you, I guess, decided to specialize just in basketball or were you still playing? Other sports no, too. no, I definitely kept playing. I don't think I don't think my parents would have ever let me specialize in one sport, which I which I kind of laugh about now because so many parents now, um, because I'm a teacher, I see you know, and a coach, I see so many kids now are specializing in one sport, and I just feel like it's doing them such a disservice in terms of like you know forming their all around skill set and being able to do so many different things. Um, so yeah, I played softball through high school. Uh, I ran cross country in high school. I actually played on the golf team in high school. Um, okay. wow. <laughs> all while I was, yeah, all while I was playing basketball and knew, knew that I was going to try to take basketball to the next level. Um, but wanted to kind of be involved in everything and, and be playing a sport every season. And honestly, it's like, I always want to be part of a team, you know, mm-hmm. being part of a team is where I felt, you know, I was able to give the most value. Yeah, I gotcha. And I guess, was there a moment in high school that you realized like, Hey, you know, basketball is going to be the one to take me to that Division One or that next level of the sport? Yeah, yeah, I think, I don't know if there was like a one specific moment, but I knew all along that basketball is what I loved the most, mm-hmm. so I knew I was willing to dedicate the most time to it. Um, you know, I was playing on, you know, club teams outside of school, and it's the kind of thing where you're, you know, driving hours to tournaments every weekend and whatever, Um and so I knew that was where I really wanted to commit most of my time. I don't think there was a moment where I knew specifically, like, I will I will definitely be able to play Division One. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I I knew that I could play at the next level, and my dream was to play Division One. But it was really, you know, I was on a club team where I was definitely not the best one on the club team. I wasn't the worst, but I was really kind of middle of the road, and I was like, man, I saw girls above me getting Division One scholarship offers, and, you know, everybody, and everybody else was like, okay, we're on this great team, we really want to do well, and you're obviously getting the exposure you need to have that happen, but 
it wasn't until I got my first couple offers that I had this like huge sigh of relief that was like, Oh my gosh. Okay, cool. This can happen for me. You know, like this is, this is going to be fun, you know, but it took, it took me a little while until I really had to see it to believe it. It's tough coming from that background. I feel like when you're not the like all-star go-to like top performer on your club team. I was like that in in high school as well. I was by no means the fastest kid. Right, right. But I feel like there's some value to that, too. You know, I feel like growing up as an athlete, um, and maybe it's a little bit different for female athletes, I feel like, you know, when I grew up, you know, it was whatever it was 20 years ago, there there were less of them, I think. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I don't want to say it was easier, but I think, you know, just by, by a sheer sense of numbers, it was, it seemed very, you know, realistic for me. And so growing up, I was always the better one or in the upper echelon of girls on my teams. And then getting to that club level where, you know, everybody was really good. It was a really kind of a nice reality check. That's like, Oh no, no, no. Like everybody here knows how to play and everybody, you know, there's good girls in here who are significantly better than you. So if you really want it kind of like, it's going to make you kind of put your money where your mouth is. You know, if you really want to play at the next level, here's what you have to do to get to where these other girls are right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt there was like huge value in that. Um, especially in preparing you to get to college where, you know, I got to college and realized very quickly, oh, everybody here was the best on their high school team. You know, nobody like everybody (laughs) here has all these accolades and whatever, like they were all league and all this and all that. And it's like, okay, now I get it. Like no one really cares about that stuff anymore. Like let's now we're all like all these, this whole group of girls now trying to get, you know, to this next level and, you know, win championships and win conference and whatever. And it kind of allows you to put all that aside and realize like, oh, I still got a lot of work to do. Yeah, it's definitely humbling. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And you mentioned, I guess, when you were getting offers and stuff, what was that recruiting process like for you? Um, it Honestly, it was not that easy, and it was not that glamorous. Mm-hmm. Um, I've told um, a few other people about, you know, going through it and having, like I said, these girls on my club team who were clearly better than me and who were getting offers from, you know, big time division one schools and it was it was really cool to see but I was like okay like this isn't really what's happening for me yet like you just got to keep working hard and see what happens and luckily you know I have my mom to thank for really just kind of pushing my tapes out there and like sending film and sending videos and sending emails to college coaches all over the country um because you know I was going to all the big time tournaments but if you weren't getting the feedback that you wanted it was like my mom was like you kind of have to hustle it up a little bit yourself and I felt a little weird. I was like, Are we, really? Do we have to do that? And it, it can kind of discourage you. My mom mm-hmm. was like, she had multiple conversations with me about, you know, I don't care what happens at the, at the end of this, whether you go play somewhere or you don't, but we're definitely not going to have you go play ha, or have you go to college without basketball, like knowing or like leaving something on the table, knowing that you may have been able to do a little bit more to get yourself there. And she was like, I'm willing to put in whatever work we need to put in to get your video or your tape or your game film seen by the right people by a coach that needs someone of your size and your skill set and whatever, um, just because they didn't happen to go to the tournament that you were at in Oregon or in Chicago or wherever, we're not just going to settle for like, okay, well, they didn't see you. Oh, well, like that's it. And so I think her work ethic in that sense really kind of drove home this idea for me that was like, oh yeah, you don't stop until you get what you want. You know what I mean? Like there is, there is room for athletes out there at, thousands and thousands of schools across America and beyond. And if you really want to play at the next level and you really think you can can compete, then you got to like exhaust every op- option and every resource you have, you know? And so that was the first taste for me um, in seeing her do that, that really pushed me to kind of like 
do whatever you need to do. And, and what you want to get done will get done, but you can't leave anything on the table. You know, you can't leave anything, any stone left, left unturned, you know. Um, and so that was really cool for me to see from her. And just seeing somebody support you in that way was like, was so invaluable for me. It was like, oh my God, you know, yeah. she wants this as bad as I do. And so that was, you know, incredibly humbling and a really cool experience. Although at the time, I will say it felt a little bit discouraging, you know, that I'm having to kind of reach out as other girls on my team are getting, you know, letters and phone calls and home visits and all these cool things. Um, so it wasn't that easy, but once the ball really started rolling, um, I was able to get more of, of, of that like glamorous side of it where you're taking your official visits and you're kind of being catered by the person who's, you know, uh, everything's catered to you and they're kind of showing you the ropes at their schools and it, it, it all became a lot more cool at that point, but I was really glad to even get to that point. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that can be a, a really big misconception for a lot of high school athletes. I feel like Definitely. whatever that date is for your sport, I feel like it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. But once that comes around, I feel like the common, I guess, way of thinking is like, oh, today's the date. Like, I'm going to have 50 phone calls. And like, <laughs> yes, you see exactly. all that, like, you see all the media of like the, fo- the great football players in high school. Right. That, have like a room full of mail from every right. program. You're like, oh, that's awesome. I can't wait for that to be me. And then when exactly. that doesn't happen, you're like, oh, I need to actually go out and get it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to not feel like a disappointment at that point. You know, it's like, it's hard to feel like, oh no, it, this can still happen. It's just not going to happen the, the yeah. traditional way. And honestly, maybe, maybe the traditional way is not what we think it is. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe more students and student athletes are operating the way I had to, you know, and it's just not as glorified as much. It's not, you know, thrown all over social media and no one's, you know, going to be the first to admit like, Hey, I had to reach out to a hundred college coaches today. Or, you know, it's, it's not that glamorous, <laughs> but it is the way it has to get done. That's for sure. I was about to say, that's definitely not something that you want to be posting about. I feel like if you're exactly. that, that high schooler, you're like, Oh yeah, I reached out to, a hundred finally heard back from right. one. Yeah, but exactly, exactly. When you're getting out of college, that's exactly what it seems like the job hiring process is. Completely. Reaching out I to mean, all those like and getting reflection. one back. Yep, yep. You're, you're almost right. better, pre- better prepared for that, having gone through that. I guess we'll go with that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. Seriously. How'd you... Better... Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, way better off. Way better off now. Yeah. How'd you ultimately decide on URI as your go-to? Um, I'm almost embarrassed to say, but I am thrilled I ended up there. But the true factor in my mind was that I wanted to get out of California mm-hmm. and that they had the ocean. I was like, <laughs> I just got to go somewhere with a beach. Um, and everybody laughs at me. And they're like, that can't really be it. And I was like, no, seriously, that is really why I went. And I got out there. I actually went out there... Um, for the first on my official visit it was the first time ever going there and it was you know September of my senior year of high school and the weather was beautiful it was like nice and warm and it was super clear and the beaches were amazing they took me to this amazing seafood restaurant right over the water Mm -hmm. and I was like oh this is it this is fantastic I love it we went to a football game it was so great and then I got there the next fall I couldn't wait it was so great and then preseason you know it starts right away and then like October comes and it's like getting a little chill in the air and I was like okay, wait, what's happening? I don't, I don't like this anymore. And, you know, November came and it was like the first snow and I was like, oh yeah, no, I wasn't prepared for this at all. <laughs> I was like a fish out of water, um, you know, completely out of my comfort zone. But I mean, obviously I knew it was going to snow and get cold, but it was unlike anything I had ever experienced before. I, I had seen snow before. I wasn't like yeah. completely sheltered, but 
um, I was not someone who frequented the snow. I had never been skiing, never been snowboarding. It was just not really the thing, the, the hobby of choice for my family. We were like beach bums through and through. So I was like, man, I got to get used to this. But it was a great four years. It was like the best time of my life for sure. Yeah, I bet. I mean, it's always funny to hear about that transition from the people yeah. that go like the warm weather opposite. I feel right, like you always right. hear of the people that, you know, are from that area and then they're like, oh, let's go to USC or UCLA right. or Miami or something like that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it was, I think it was valuable. Um, I, I think the weather honestly had less to do with my decision than it probably should have. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think, I think if I let that really infiltrate my mind at the time, um, I probably would have convinced myself not to go, you know? Um, I also had an older sister who played softball in college and she went to Michigan state. Uh-huh. And so I think I knew for our family in particular, it was, it was encouraged to leave the home and to, you know, get out of LA and California and, you know, you can go as you want and everyone will be here to support you. And, you know, um, and the family will be, will be just fine without you here and we'll miss you. And we, you know, and it's, it, it wasn't like, I see a lot of kids now who are really encouraged to stay home. And obviously there's, it's amazing to have your family, you know, be able to come to all your home games and, mm-hmm. and see you play that often. It's, it's absolutely amazing. But I think there was also a huge value in me leaving, um, and still feeling incredibly supported, but getting out of, you know, my comfort zone and my safe space and kind of making my own chapter a little bit. That was really, really pretty cool for me. I was about to say, I feel like there's two sides to the coin. Uh, you exactly. Can the, you can make the argument for either. Um, yeah. I'm glad it sounds like yours worked out for you. You touched on support systems. Was there anything in particular that you had uh, that kind of helped ease that transition? Uh, going so um, far away or not really? Or? I, I mean, I, I think really was my team. Mm-hmm. You know, I think what was cool about my team in Rhode Island um, and I'm not sure if this is the case for, you know, every other school in New England, obviously, like, you know, there's a bunch of states that are all very, very close, unlike California, <laughs> close to one another. But yeah. I mean, I, we only had one girl on the team who was actually from Rhode Island. So I think it was really cool because it felt like, OK, although I'm a six hour flight away, there were plenty of girls on our team who were at minimum a six hour drive away from home. So you're technically just as far from home as I am because neither one of us is going on a six hour flight or drive. So, you know, I, I see my parents just as often, often as they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so to know that most of my college teammates were just as far from home in, in their minds as I was, um, it made me feel a lot better. You know, I think having those girls as kind of like that immediate friend group, when you get on campus, it was like, you know, we had like the freshman orientation mm-hmm. and I don't even know if they do this on purpose or whatever, however they structure it. It was like literally all the athletes were together and it was like, Oh, we're all new. What, what sport do you play? What do you play? Oh, have you guys started preseason yet? And it was like, these are like your immediate group of friends, um, you know, right off the bat. And I just felt so much more secure in like, okay, I'm not going to, and not that I ever thought, okay, I'm going to be alone, but it's like, you didn't even have to really put in the work to make friends. It was like, mm-hmm. we all looked at each other and we were like, okay, we know what, we know what each other is about. You know, like we kind of, we can kind of gauge each other based on the fact that we're all here to play a sport. We all are obviously committing you know, most of our life to this, you know, and, and we're all excited to see what the next level brings. So it was really kind of having the other athletes around me to kind of keep me going was definitely, I think the best support system. Plus, I mean, it was, I mean, I don't want to date myself too much, but I had a cell phone and everything, but it wasn't like, 
you know, there was no Instagram. I'm 33 years old. There was no Instagram. There was no social media. So you weren't just like at the drop of a hat, you know, mm. talking to everybody back home in an instant, you know. It's almost better that way. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, in some senses. Now, I want to transition to actually talking about the game of basketball itself. What would you, I guess, describe your approach to it? I would say most of my approach was mental. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think I learned pretty early on that you know once I once I saw some girls around me who on the, in the competitive landscape were probably you know better actual physical athletes than I was. I realized that I was going to have to bring like a mental approach to the game that was going to set me apart from a lot of people. Um, I really took pride for a long time in my basketball IQ, just really feeling like I understood the game better than most people around me. Um, I knew what was, I, I tried to, you know, figure out what was going to happen before it happened. I was always into, into like, when I was at we were in college, I was always super into the scouts and, like, figuring out other players' tendencies and figuring out what would work, what wouldn't work, and why certain things would work, and, you know, things like that, um, which I don't think is a coincidence in terms of why I enjoy coaching now. Mm-hmm. Um I think it kind of goes hand in hand, but I always really approached the game from the mental standpoint. Obviously, I pushed myself physically, and I did as best as I possibly could with what I was given, Um, and I think, you know, being able to complement that athleticism with the mental approach is really what what allowed me to get to that next level. You know, I think um, a lot of times, I mean, I was told in high school that, like, players like me at the club level, you know, they come a dime a dozen. It's not, like, I, I wasn't... I wasn't that special. And to be honest, that was probably the best thing that could have been told to me at the time. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, you know what, you're right. There's a lot of people who can shoot the ball as well as I can shoot it or, or whatever the case may be. It was like I, I needed something that made me special and that, you know, set me apart. And I think that's what I kind of clung to. You still there? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. It's cutting out a little bit. Can you Sorry hear me? about that. Do I need to? There you yeah, go. I can hear Perfect. you. Do- Okay. That's it. Now it's back. Um, okay. I hope we got that. Yeah. For the most part, we got the uh, majority of that. Um, <laughs> did you do anything, I guess, in particular that allowed you to sharpen that mental side? Was it watching film? Was it any, I guess, practices, visualization, anything like that? Or Yeah, I, I, was, I was really into watching film. Okay. Um, I think it was one of those things that, you know... I, I never wanted to be caught, and most of the, I, I talk about film, most of this started in college, um, mm-hmm. when I really kind of took a deeper dive into like, okay, what are my, what are my skills, and what are my strengths, and what are my weaknesses, and I would, seeing yourself on film, there is nothing more humbling than seeing yourself screw up in a basketball game on film, um, especially with the rest of your team in the locker room with you, um, it's like, the, it's like the greatest moment and the worst moment of your life all at the same time, at least for me, mm-hmm. I would watch it and think like, I swear, I, I knew what I was doing at that moment. I just don't know why it doesn't look like it. Like, it doesn't look like I had any idea what was going on or, you know, or I'm watching myself like, I know my legs can move faster than that. Like, why am I not running faster? And I would have these moments of watching myself where I was like, you know what? This is where you need to set yourself apart. You know, you need to watch watch yourself. You know, you need to watch the other teams. You need to figure out, like, what is it that this girl likes to do? You're going to be guarding her the whole game make her as, as physically uncomfortable as you possibly can while you're guarding her and your job will be, I mean, your job will be halfway done before the game even starts, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think being able to see that kind of stuff for me, um, really allowed me not to have to lean on 
an athletic, you know, superiority over the other person, you know, um, especially because of the college level, everybody's athletic, you know, everybody mm-hmm. can, can bench the same amount or can run the same, you know, sprint as, as quickly or whatever it is. Um, so if I was anywhere near the middle of the pack in that sense, it was like, no, I had to figure out something that was going to set this other person off and, you know, make sure my job was easier before we even hit the floor, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I mean, it's any sport, no matter what level you're playing at, I feel like yeah. at even in high school or, you know, college professional level, obviously everyone is good these days. You got to find right. something to kind of get that approach. I, for me personally, I leaned on mental approach, but also on, you know, reading about nutrition and educating right. myself that and, you know, making sure I'm getting sleep and recovering and all this stuff. Right. Um, I mean, that is one thing I definitely should have spent more time doing. <laughs> Def- I mean, I could probably use more of that right now, too. <laughs> I feel like everyone can, but it's hard to balance everything, as you learn as yeah. a student athlete. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, talking about games and preparation, did you have, like, a set, um, like, routine that you used going into each game? Were you superstitious at all or kept the routine the um, same? Or I don't think I was so superstitious that, like, that there were very specific things, like a certain song I had to listen to, mm-hmm. or, you know, some people are, like, all the way down to, like, the way you tie your shoes, or, like, you know, like, very, very specific. I don't think I was like that. Um, I definitely had, like, you know, my favorite pairs of socks, or, you know, certain things that were unique to, you know, if things went well, I would I would do things kind of the same way as it did the game, as it went the game before. But then, I mean, I mean, I was always a, I was always a, uh, a shooting guard, mm-hmm. so, like, a lot of my offensive contribution relied on like my outside shooting so it was like things would go well for like three games in a row and I'm doing everything the same way and then all of a sudden the next game like I do it the same way and I shoot terribly so it's like because of that I I never really allowed myself to wholeheartedly believe in superstitions Mm -hmm. because I was like you know it can go any way any day like just prepare yourself as much as you possibly can physically and mentally before and you know like it's going to go the way it's going to go. You know, the ball is not going to drop every single night, and that just is what it is. Um, but I was like, I, because of that, I, like, would never really allow myself to fully believe, like, how much these superstitions really meant. You know what I mean? Well, it's funny. I feel like, I mean, basketball's got to be very similar. Um, I, always, I always think of, like, baseball players when they hit that slump. Of, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not hitting the ball, and it's like, you're this major league baseball player. Like, what do you mean right. you can't hit the ball and you're past right. 50 at-bats? You have no <laughs> hits. Exactly. Um, and you're, like, looking at them like, what is wrong with you? You know, and really they're like, listen, I'm trying to figure out just as much as you are. You yeah. Know? It's, I remember starting my uh, starting my senior year of college, I, I ended up getting hurt in, in the sixth game of the year. Mm-hmm. But leading up to the sixth game, my three-point shooting percentage, I think I was, like, six for, like, 36 or something it was something so horrifying Uh and I was like oh my god and I mean obviously I was devastated to get injured in that in that sixth game but it was almost like it couldn't have come at a better time like I couldn't figure out why nothing was working you know I was I was in the gym all the time I was trying to figure it out and it was like you know what sometimes it's just not going to happen the way you want to you know yeah I mean it's almost it comes as like a reset button yes (laughs) Um, yes absolutely which can be helpful uh, yeah. Did you get to use visualization at all, like during your playing days? And if so, did that help you at all? Or honestly, I wish I would have used it more. Okay. Um, I I think I think it's such an important tool and such an such a resource. Um, even you know, 
as I got older, I started to really kind of get more into mindfulness and um, visualizing and things like that. And I think it's just such an amazing thing to be able to use. And just, just in terms of like being able to kind of control where your mind is going, where you allow it to go, where you kind of push it to go, what you see yourself doing and how successful you see yourself being. Um, and I never, I, I truly didn't utilize it as an athlete as much as I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of that is because I didn't, I didn't look into it that much. And it wasn't really like readily available for me um, as, as a resource, but I feel like I, I didn't like really dig for that. You know, um, I think I could have and probably should have, but even, you know, doing it now in my daily life, it's just been, so incredibly helpful as I try as I try to succeed in whatever I'm doing you know it's mm-hmm. like I have some of my most amazing thoughts when I'm in the shower and I'm like visualizing what's going to happen in my life and it's like how great it's going to be and then literally I get out of the shower I'm like all right what needs to happen like how do I get from how do I get from where I am right now to where I just saw myself two minutes ago mm-hmm. you know and and what are the exact steps that I need to write down to get to that point you know that's awesome you still use it and use it yeah. in a practical day-to-day life because I feel like a lot of times athletes can kind of finish up their career no matter at what level they reach and they kind of search for that that identity and they can't find it. But really, right. if you look back at it and you look at it, the tools are all there. Everything right. that you need to find where you want to be is given to you and was laid out to you through experiences, through your sport you just have to almost be smart enough to figure out how to use them. <laughs> right, right. And no and one's honestly, really there t- teaching you how to use those right, tools. Right, exactly. I mean, it's like they're there and you you kind of know that, you're, that your athletic experience is valuable. But like when I finished my athletic career, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, like this is going to help me so much in life. I knew deep down that it would, but I didn't know how. Like I didn't know how that was going to translate into like, being a successful person, you know, a lot of people talk to you about it and kind of give you those like resume buzzwords that you have been filled with because you're an athlete. And it's like, Oh yeah, you're, you're such a good leader and you know how to follow and you're a team player and you've got time management and like <laughs> all these great things. Right. But like at the end of the day, I didn't know how that translated like directly into my day to day life to where, yes, I could sit in a, in, a, in an interview and explain, you know, why I think I was going to be a great asset to any team but I didn't really know how it was going to work, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And I think it wasn't until I really found another passion that I was really able to like use those visualization skills and, you know, use some of the other resources and tools that I've been given and put in and put them into practicality, you know, really Mm -hmm. actually put them into use and, you know, utilize them in the same way that I would have liked to utilize them in through my athletic career. You know, finding that other passion was really enlightening for me because I when I I mean I got into teaching after my athletic career ended and it was amazing and it still is I'm still a teacher and it's very rewarding and it's great Mm -hmm. but I I definitely challenged myself to find something outside of my you know nine to five job that was that was going to kind of fill my glass a little bit you know so finding that was really cool for me that's funny I mean like we talked about earlier it's as a former athlete, I feel like you're given free time and you're like, whoa, what? Like this, yeah, is, this didn't yeah. exist in college yeah. or um, whatever. I'm, I was going to save this for later, but why don't we just jump right into it, talking about your current endeavors. Obviously, like you mentioned, teaching, coaching on the side. Um, but more excitingly, you also have the startup dating app and playoff. How has that kind of 
how has your career as an athlete helped you in launching of this app? And can you just tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, so I launched Playoff uh, a couple of years ago. It is a dating app for current and former college and professional athletes. Um, each athlete is verified to have played um, anywhere beyond the high school level. So it could be junior college all the way up through, you know, an Olympian. Um, and I, I mean, it came about because I was home and single in LA and online dating had kind of become the way of the world. And it was not that easy for me to navigate. And I just kind of realized, wouldn't it be so cool if you could just find somebody who you knew immediately was like a little bit like you, like had something in common with you, something you could kind of relate to. Um, and slowly all those, you know, niche apps started popping up. It was like, there was an app for Christian people and Jewish people and vegans and black people and farmers and, there was an app for everybody, and I was like, wow, I'm none of these things. Like, what what category do I fall into? And I think I just sat back one day and said, like, if I had to identify with one group of people, who would they be? And the answer to me is athletes every single time. Um, mm-hmm. So so that's kind of where the idea came from. Um, but, I mean, my athletic career is, is the only reason I was even able to take that idea and make something out of it. You know, I think um, – Having the idea was cool and great, and I remember telling a couple of people about it, and I'm like, wow, wouldn't that be cool if this existed? And a bunch of people are like, yeah, that'd be really cool. Wow, what a good idea. And I could have left it there. You know, that could have been the end of it, and it could have been mm-hmm. just like a cool cool story over dinner, and that would have been the end. But I, I think having the persistence and even, you know, going back to, like, my high school career, mm-hmm. trying to find a team in college to play to play for, it was like, Oh yeah, we're not stopping until until we're, we get to where we're going. You know, like we're not stopping until every stone is unturned and you have exhausted every opportunity you have. And once I really kind of, I spent probably like two weeks, like really doing the research of like, okay, does a dating app like this exist? Is it out there somewhere? Should I just give up now? And like after like a couple of weeks, it was like there was nothing out there that was you know able to discourage discourage me from from wanting to do it. It was like. Mm-hmm wow, Amanda, this is like sitting right here for you. Like, and you really think you're sitting on a gold mine. Like you think this is the greatest idea I mean, anyone's ever had, you know? So it's like, now you got kind of got to put up or shut up. You know, it's like you talk this big game about how cool that would be. And then you look it up and none of it's out there. It's like, okay, well now or never, you know? Yeah. So once I, once I really kind of decided, okay, I'm going to go for it. It was literally just putting into action everything I've been taught about work ethic and about persistence and about, you know, never getting too down on yourself. Um, you know, managing your time, obviously with a full-time job, um, and needing that income to pay for this, you know, kind of side hustle at the time and, you know, being able to multitask and do all those different things. Um, but a lot of it was really just staying, staying pretty even, you know, I think a lot of people warned me like, Oh yeah. So you're like an entrepreneur now. And I'm like, is that, okay, is that what we're going to call it? All right, cool. Like I'll go with that. But a lot of people kind of warned me that like, listen, some days are going to be really hard and some days are going to feel like huge victories and some are just going to, you know, you're going to feel very defeated and you just kind of got to stay the course and keep, you know, that even pace and an even attitude. And, and I, I kind of just nodded my head like, yeah, yeah, totally. It'll be fine. And then I kind of got into the, into the thick of it after it was already, you know, the app had already launched and there were some days of amazing signups and some days of like less than amazing signups and some days where people are complaining about things or bugs are popping up and things aren't working the way they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And other days where people are like, Oh my God, I met somebody and you know, we're together and it's so great. So there's like these highs and lows that 
to me, is a direct reflection of, like, an athletic career. You know, you're having these wins and losses that feel monumental and catastrophic and, you know, mm-hmm. so amazing and terrible, and, you know, and, and you're on this roller coaster. But it's so it's so valuable because you can never let, your get, let yourself get too high and you can never let yourself get too low. Um, and I feel like nothing truly taught me that uh, besides sports. You know, it was like, especially with a sport like basketball where – I was always kind of taught, like, on to the next play. You know, like, you make a big three or you get a great and one or whatever, you make this amazing play, and it's like, yeah, your girl's scoring on the other end because you're, like, celebrating, you mm-hmm. know? So, like, the game is just moving so quickly that even if you shoot an air ball, it's like, yeah, get back on defense and figure it out and get the ball back and, like, figure out how you're going to help your team um, and don't, you know, sit in your sadness or your, you know, uncertainty about what you're going to do. It's just such a fast-moving thing that that's kind of how I'm – I mean, I was going to say that's how I'm navigating this entrepreneurial world. It's really the only way I know how. Um, I, I definitely know no other way. So that has been hugely valuable for me, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think what's always funny, I mean, my friends and I always joke, um, like, are you really a friend group unless you have, like, some crazy entrepreneurial idea that, like, <laughs> you talk about on, on yeah. dinner or over drinks and you're like, this sounds like life changing. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> right, right. Um, but it's, it's great to hear like you had one of those and you're, you're going after it. You're not just like leaving it at the dinner table. You're <laughs> right, right. You're taking those nests, those necessary steps to get it out there, yeah, get it out to the yeah. world. Uh, it's also God, funny. God knows I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. It's also funny. You mentioned way back when you first got to URI, it was like you identified right away with that group of athletes Right, as soon as you got right. on campus, it's like no wonder, you know, this idea came to you um, because now you're just trying to foster that community, but on right. a much larger scale, not just on right. a small campus, but across the whole country, hopefully. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, you, I mean, any college campus you go to that has an athletic department, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like built so that these people are all around each other all the time. You know what I mean? It's like the tennis courts are right next to the softball field and the swimming pool is right next to the gym and the training room is in one big building where everybody has to go and, like, everyone does does study hall all together and the weight room is right there. So it's just, like, one of those things that just kind of breeds this connection where you guys are all looking at each other. And even if I've never talked to anybody from the golf team, if a golf member walks in, I immediately know something about you that feels comforting to me, that Mm -hmm. feels like... I can vibe with you and I know that, you know, we can have a good conversation and we can connect on the, on a level that is deeper than just like, Hey, how's your day? <laughs> you know? Um, and I think there's, there's incredible value in that for sure. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, obviously with the dating app scene, <laughs> as you probably realize yeah. when you're on it, it's like, Oh my God, I, I waste so much time just thinking of like, what do I say to like right. a person oh, I have yeah. no, like, but if, I know there's that mutual connection of, oh, okay, they were a former or our current athlete uh, doing whatever. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, here's something we can, you know, spark something a lot faster yeah. than uh, a non-athlete would have. So I think that's, you're on to something there. <laughs> I mean, it's like, God, people are like trying to come up with like, you know, one-liners that how do I sound more witty to this person? How do I like set myself apart from every other person that's messaging them or... <laughs> You know, how do I, I don't know, how do I make myself sound funny? It's just like, oh, my God, like, it's exhausting, it's tiring, it doesn't feel very genuine, uh-huh. you know, it feels like you're you're being interrogated, you know, those first few messages where it's just, like, question after question, when really it's like, 
I get on playoff and I can like see an athlete near me and it's like, oh, you played soccer at, I don't know, UCLA. And it's like, oh, one of my high school friends played soccer there too. Do you know so-and-so? And it's like, just like an immediate kind of, it makes the world feel smaller. You know, mm-hmm. to me, that is such a nice concept when dating because every, because dating is already scary. Being online in general and meeting people is already scary. Yeah. No matter how well you think you know them, <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, it's a crapshoot. So being able to kind of have a little bit of a reference, some context to somebody. Also, you know, the fact that everybody on there has to get verified, it's like being able to know, you know, I guess without, I guess without a hundred, not a hundred percent certainty, I'm sure it's not completely foolproof, but like that this person is who they say they are, you know, like no other dating app can, can really give you that, you know, Mm. knowing that like, all right, this person said they played, uh, you know, tennis at Duke. Well, they did. You can go look them up and there they are on the roster, you know? So I think there's definitely some, some peace of mind there. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely huge. I mean, that's a risk, obviously, you run into meeting anyone online, whether it's right. for dating, networking, or whatever. You just kind mm-hmm. of, especially these days, you have to be super skeptical of anything you're getting contacted about. <laughs> Absolutely. You never um, know what somebody wants from you. <laughs> yeah, so it's nice having that, like, extra verification process in place. Um, right. A couple more here for you. What would be... Uh, your biggest piece of advice for that next generation of athletes as they're trying to play at either the level you did or above that or, or anything like that. What's your biggest piece of advice for them? Um, I would, I would just say, keep going. You know, I think that that sounds very general and, (laughs) you know, generic, but like, there's no, there doesn't have to be an end in sight if you don't, if you don't see it that way, you know, just kind of stay the course and, you know, kind of stay, stay on the roller coaster. Um, I think, you know, like I've been told, some days are going to be better and worse than other days. Um, but just being able to kind of stick with it and, and know that, like, you know your strengths and kind of strengths and kind of hone those strengths while also kind of build up your, your weaknesses and things like that and find what sets you apart. Find what sets you apart and focus on that. Um, and obviously, you know, continue to build on your weaknesses and all those things. But what is it that makes you special? You know, what is it that... that Makes you, and honestly, it could be your personality. It could be the kind of teammate you are. It doesn't have to translate necessarily to some sort of like physical skill. Um, I think oftentimes athletes are looked at like they've got all these physical skills, but like the intangibles that athletes that athletes have, the intangible traits are, I think, by far and away, you know, so much more significant. And maybe maybe they don't see that until you know later in life when mm-hmm. no one's worried about how fast you can run a forty or you know how high <laughs> you can jump. But I think those intangibles are forever, you know, and I think those are the pieces that are going to carry you the farthest, you know, so mm-hmm. honing those and just kind of realizing what you have and what you have to bring to the table and, and being confident in that. So I say being confident in your strengths and what you do Absolutely. well is huge. And that goes, yeah. beyond, again, goes beyond sport that can be used in anything. For sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, what's next for you kind of in life? What do you envision, I guess, playoff being? Um, and then where can these, where can these people kind of follow you as you're setting those goals and hitting them along the way? Yeah. Um, well now you're going to get my, my visualization, visualization and my, my fantasies right now. (laughs) I, I mean, I truly see playoff being uh, a household name at some point, um, Mm -hmm. among athletes. I feel like the, the most immediate goal right now is to get playoff into the Olympic village this summer in Tokyo. Um, and just kind of have it be um, the dating app that is uh, adopted by athletes everywhere and that, you know, athletes everywhere know about it and, 
it becomes kind of like second nature that that's where they feel the most comfortable meeting people, whether that be, um, you know, wanting to network with somebody or wanting to find a date or wanting to find um, a pickup game in a new city that you've moved to or a new friend in a new city or whatever. I feel like the human connection is so powerful. And if you can kind of make it feel, like I said, make that world feel a little bit smaller, um, then everyone's better off and then it, and it feels a little bit safer and, you know, more comfortable. So the goal for sure is to get to Tokyo. I think that is super exciting, um, in terms of what's in front of us. Um, and I just think it's, it's something that can be hugely powerful for a lot of people. Um, I have some interns working with me now that are really helping me in terms of getting, you know, some events built up in different cities. We'd like to put on, you know, athlete mixers in different cities and, I plan on throwing an event um, this coming April um, at the Women's Basketball Final Four in New Orleans, um, just kind of like a networking event. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of really cool things, you know, down the pipeline um, that I think 2020 is really kind of like where all this new stuff is coming up. So I feel like it's where a lot of things can get rolling. Um, you know, I just filmed a an all-female athlete kind of like roundtable discussion. It was like a 45-minute long talk that was just like, us talking about pretty much what you and I just talked about, talked yeah. about the recruiting process and about injuries and about different coaching styles and, uh, you know, mental health in sports and emotions in sports and, you know, so many topics that not enough people talk about. And I feel like, you know, I filmed it and it was great. I, I um, put it on our YouTube channel and, you know, that's playoff dating app. We just called it the huddle. Um, and I feel like filming a bunch more of those would be, would be definitely um, on my mind and something that I want to do. So, um, yeah, I can be followed on Instagram at playoff dating app. Um, and if anybody wants to reach out to me personally, um, my email is Amanda at playoff dating app.com. Um, and yeah, feel free to reach out, email, DM, whatever you need to do. Um, I would love to hear from any athletes. Um, I'm constantly looking for interns and people who want to get involved, um, and who kind of see, see the vision the way I see it. Um, it's always really encouraging and motivating to hear, the feedback from current or former athletes who kind of just remind me that I, that they think I'm going in the right direction. And, you know, they think there's some validity to, to the idea and that it can really get as big as I see it getting. Um, hearing that from other people who are not just like your friends and family mm-hmm. who are like supposed to blindly support you. Um, that always feels really good. So it's really nice. Yeah. It's a big confidence boost and just kind of reaffirms you're on the right direction. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. But I mean, kind of in talking with you and in hearing sort of the why behind you built all this, I think you're, you're in it for the right reasons. I mean, you're there to help foster human connection and yeah. that you're not in it for a million users and to get rich. Like you right, just want right. to make, you want to leave kind of this space, a better space than it was before you came. So I think that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, if I can make any anyone's life a little bit easier after using it. It's funny because most friends of mine laugh at me and they're like, I can't believe the person who hated dating app the most the most ended up like making one. And I'm like, yeah, but it's because I'm trying to make it easier. <laughs> you know, because at the end of the day, I, I hated da- mm-hmm. online dating. It was just so miserable for me. And I think it was really that, it was the epitome of like create what you wish existed in the world, you mm-hmm. know? And I was like, all right, let's, let's roll with it. Let's do it. So... Hopefully I'm on the right track. It seems it seems well enough like I am. So we'll just keep rolling with it until the wheels fall off. <laughs> well, like I said, I think it's awesome you're taking that jump. Uh, thank you Thanks. so much for taking the time out of your day to uh, get with me here. And I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Amanda. 
She's one of the most genuine people I've been able to connect to, and that has allowed her to be who she is today. If you're an athlete, be sure to check out her app, Playoff Dating App, and please let us know what you think. If you haven't done so already, send this episode to a friend, family member, or teammate who could use a boost. Stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by following me on Instagram at Athletic Mindset Podcast. And remember, if you change your mindset and how you think, you'll be able to change your life one thought at a time. I'll see you all next week.